you to do. Uh, you, know, you know every single snowflake is unique. We all know that. There are no two snowflakes that are ever alike. Uh, right now, there are 7 billion people on the earth, and no two of them are alike. Uh, every person is unique. Even identical twins are different in millions of ways. There will never be anyone just like you. There will be no one who has your thumbprint, your voice print, your handprint, your heartbeat, your footprint, your DNA, your personality, your talents, your abilities, your life experiences. You are a one-of-a-kind original. Why? Well, first, because God likes variety. God likes diversity. I mean, you can look at creation and see that. God loves variety. But also, God never makes a copy because originals have more value. And God places a tremendous value on you. That's why you're an original. That's why after every person, God breaks the mold. There'll never be anybody else like them. Look at Psalm 139. Amazing things about how God has made you. It starts out, you, God, you, God, shaped me inside and out. You formed me in my mother's womb. You know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made bit by bit. Like an open book, you watched me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of my life were spread out before you. The days of my life all prepared before I'd even lived one day. That's how much attention God was paying to your particular birth. And he shaped you, he formed you, he knows you inside and out. He watched every stage of growth in your mother's womb. He prepared every day of your life before you even took your first breath. Now you may say, well, wait a minute, you know, uh, my life was an accident. I wasn't planned. You are no accident. There may be accidental parents. There are no accidental kids. And God is bigger than our sin. He's bigger than our mistakes. He's bigger than our choices. God knows every human choice that's going to be made, and God says, I'll fit that into my plan. You mean even in the case of rape and incest? Yes. Yes. God is bigger than our sin, than our mistakes, than our choices. God says, I can make good out of bad. And the Bible clearly teaches that your shape, how you're wired up, how you are made, is no accident. You're no fluke of nature. You were handcrafted by God. Now today I want us to look at four questions about your shape, specifically your shape and job. First is we're going to look at what is shape, what are we talking about when we talk about it. And then why is my shape important in my job? How do I know if I'm shaped for this job or not? How do I find the job that best expresses my shape? So we're going to do a quick overview, a quick review of shape here. Shape is an acrostic that we use here at Rockbrook. It's, it's part of our life development classes. In fact, we have a whole class, our ministry class, is built around helping you discover and identify and develop your shape. And shape, uh, S-H-A-P-E, stands for five things. The S in shape stands for spiritual gifts. When you become a believer in Jesus Christ, God gives you at least one spiritual gift. Every believer gets a spiritual gift. The Bible tells us there's about 20 spiritual gifts that God gives that are necessary for the church to function. And God gives those to believers, and then he places them in churches so the church can grow and be healthy and do what God wants it to do. You are God's gift to the church. You have a spiritual gift that he's given you. Next is the H in shape, and that stands for your heart. 
When you become a believer, God gives you a passion. He gives you something that you love to do, people that you love to minister to. And some people love to, uh, to minister to kids, some love to work with teens, some love to work with singles, some love to work with couples, some love to work with parents, some love to work with the sick, some love to work with the grieving and the hurting, some love to work with the lost. You have a heart for certain types of people, certain types of ministry. You love to help and serve in the area that touches your heart. That's how God shapes you. The A stands for abilities. When you're born, God gave you some natural abilities, talents, and skills. You know, Christians have spiritual gifts. Everybody, even unbelievers, have natural abilities. Some of you are good at math. Some of you are good at mechanical things. Some of you are good at musical or artistic things. Some of you have good physical coordination. Some of you have mental acumen. We all have different abilities so that everything gets done. Personalities. Uh, in our shape class, we identify 16 different personality types that people fall into. And some people like routine, some people like variety, some like to work alone, some like to work in a team, some like to compete, some like to cooperate, some are dreamers, some are detailers, some people are extroverts, some people are introverts. Any introverts, raise your hand. Notice nobody raised their hands, because introverts don't raise their hand. A few of you extroverts said, hey, I'll put my hand up, look at me, I'm an introvert. No, you're not. You know, it's just the way God wired you up. And then you have experiences. You have vocational experiences, educational experiences, spiritual experiences, relational experiences. When you boil it down, you have two types of experience. You have uh, positive experiences and painful experiences. And God uses both positive and painful experiences to shape you. In fact, painful experiences, your greatest area of ministry will probably come out of your greatest pain. Because God never wastes a hurt. Your greatest ministry will probably be in the area where you've been wounded the most. So those are the elements of shape. Spiritual gifts, heart, abilities, personality, and experience. Now why is shape, we know it's important at church, why is it important where you work? Why is it important in your job? First of all, my shape reveals God's purpose for me. In architecture, form follows function. If you ask an, architecture, an architect to design a building for you, the first thing he will ask, she will ask is, what are you going to do in it? Because the form of the building, building must follow the function that's going to happen in the building. With human beings, it's the exact opposite. Function follows form. We are shaped by God first, and that determines what we're supposed to do. You can, you can know what is God's will for my life by looking at your spiritual gifts, heart, abilities, personality, and life experience. You know, God's not going to give you those things and then not use them to accomplish your purpose. So if you want to know God's will for your life, if you want to know what you need to do with your life, look at your shape, because humans function by their form. Parents, you want to help your kids find what they should do in life? You want to help your kids fulfill God's will for the life? The best thing you can do for a kid is help them discover their shape. Help them discover their shape, and then they'll know what they're to do. God said this in Jeremiah 1.5, Before I shaped you in your mother's womb, I knew all about you. Before you saw the light of day, I had holy plans for you. Circle that phrase, holy plans. God says your shape and God's will comes together in a holy plan for your life. You are the way you are because God has a purpose in creating you that way. 
God told Isaiah, bring me all the people who are mine, whom I made for my glory, those I formed and created. You were made for God's glory. Using your shape brings glory to God. It is an act of worship. And God says he created everybody and everything for his purpose. And I bring glory to God when I live out my shape. I don't bring glory to God when I try to be somebody I'm not. You know, my shape is important in my job because it reveals God's purpose for my life. Number two, my shape equips me for my life mission and my life message. Your life mission is what God created you to do on this planet. The body of your life work is your life mission. And your life message is what God wants you to say to the world on his behalf. It's your message from your life to the world. I can't deliver your life message because I'm not you. You can't deliver my life message because you're not me. Only you can deliver your life message. And if you don't deliver it, it won't be said, it won't be heard. And that will be a loss to the world. God says, I created you and shaped you for a life mission and a life message. Isaiah 49, 5, God formed me in my mother's womb to be a servant, and he commissioned me. Circle that phrase, commissioned me. You have been commissioned by God to fulfill your life mission and your life message to the world. That's the whole point of the Great Commission. Isaiah 43, 21, the people I have shaped for myself will broadcast my praises. How do I broadcast God's praises with my life? By being who God made me to be, by living out my shape. I have been commissioned by God to do that. You have too. All of us have. Number three, my shape is important in my job because God is watching how I use my shape. You know, God wires you up. He creates you, forms you, shapes you even before you're born and then he releases you into the world and watches what you do with your shape. You know, God watches to see if you're going to use these things in the correct way. Are you going to use your shape for yourself or are you going to use it for God's glory? Are you going to use your shape for yourself or are you going to use it to build the church? I mean, you think God made you just to live for yourself? No, God made you to make a contribution. God made you the way you are so that you can help build the church. Psalm 33, from where he sits, God overlooks all of us on earth. He has shaped each person in turn. Now he watches everything we do. And there is no moment in your life that God is not watching what you do. Why? So he can pounce on you? So he can judge you, punish you, spank you when you do stuff wrong? No, God watches you because he loves you. There is no moment when God says, well, I'm bored with her, this isn't important. I'm going to turn the channel on him, he's doing nothing. No. Your entire life, even before you were born, God says, I had you in mind. I watched that conception. I never missed one single breath since. God is watching to see if you discover and develop and display your shape for his glory. That's why he's watching. And this is serious stuff, folks. Look at this, Isaiah 44, 21. Take it seriously, Israel, that you're my servant. I made you and shaped you. You're my servant. Take it seriously. I'd encourage you, cross out Israel there and write in your name. Take it seriously, Kelly, that you're my servant. I made you and shaped you. You're my servant. Take it seriously. 
Your shape is very important to God. The Bible clearly teaches that the rewards you get in heaven, the role, the responsibility, the activities, the things you will do in heaven are based on how you use your shape here and now. You don't get into heaven through works. You get into heaven by faith in Jesus Christ. But what happens after you get there is based on how you've used your shape. You know, if you were faithful in your gifts, heart, abilities, personality, experiences, if you made the most of what God shaped you to do, then he's going to give you more to do in heaven. But if you don't use it well, if you squander your shape, then it's going to be a tragic loss forever. Take it seriously. My shape is important because it reveals God's purpose for me. It equips me for my life mission and my life message. And God is watching me to see how I use it. Now, that brings us to the next question. How do I know if I'm in shape or out of shape at work? And honestly, the the statistics coming out about work are really pretty sobering. 60% of Americans say they hate their job. 43% feel anger towards their employer as a result of a poor job fit. 70% are neither motivated nor competent to perform their task. Only 30% of Americans go to work with enthusiasm and passion. Only 17% spend most of their workday doing what they really enjoy. You know, when you go to work on Monday morning, are you going to be in shape or out of shape? You know, are, are my duties aligned with my design? Now, what are the symptoms? How can you tell when people are out of shape at work? Three things I want you to jot down. First, people who are out of shape at work experience frustration. They are not in alignment with who God made them to be. The job they have doesn't fit their shape. They are out of alignment. And you know, with anything, when you're out of alignment, it creates tension, it creates pressure, it creates stress. There is frustration when things don't line up. And so if you're frustrated at work, That's a good indication that you are not shaped for that job. And frustration leads to fatigue. When you're working at a job that does not fit your shape, it is exhausting. It drains you rather than fills you up. It wears you out rather than excites you. Now work, I know that work can make you physically tired, but there's a difference between the good tired that comes from doing a job that you love to do and you've done it well. Don't you love that good tired? That's a whole lot different than the fatigue that comes from frustration. Which one are you feeling when you come home from a hard day at work? You know, working at a job outside of how God has shaped you leads to failure. Somebody's failing at their job. It's probably because they're not shaped to do it. If you're struggling with failure at work, it's probably because you're trying to do something you're not shaped to do. Because we're all unique, we all have certain God-given design, and when our job aligns with our design, we don't live with frustration, fatigue, and failure. So look at the benefits of when you're working out of your shape. Uh, First, people who know who they are, and most importantly, who they are not, live very focused lives. Because your shape becomes a filter. You know, you see somebody living a life that's chaotic and frantic and frenetic. Why is that? Because they have no filter. They're, they're going here, going there, going here, going there. They're, you know, it's crazy. Opportunities come at them, and, and they, they don't know. They can't say, well, that's not my shape, that's not my shape. Oh, that'll be a good fit, I'll do that, that's not my shape. Your shape functions as a filter that allows you to keep from being distracted by the peripheral, and you can focus your life. And there is power 
in a focused life. A diffused life, focused life, lots of power. Second, they're fulfilled. You know, you love what you do. People around you know it because you're doing what God shaped you to do. It's the feeling of being in the zone. It's the feeling, man, you are hitting on every cylinder. You, it's, it's great. You're doing what you're shaped to do, and it's fulfilling. Not only are they focused and fulfilled, they're fruitful. People doing what God has shaped them to do bear fruit. Write down the word there, results. People working out of their shape get amazing results. Everybody else looks at them. How in the world can they do that? They can do that because they are shaped to do it. They're efficient. They're effective. Their work is aligned with their design. Now, what do you do if you're in a situation where your job doesn't fit your shape? I'm going to give you three simple things to get you started. Number one, you want to examine and evaluate my shape. You need to step back and seriously look at your life and your talents. You don't overinflate your talents and you don't underestimate your talents. You, know, you take a realistic look at your shape. And you just ask, what, what has God blessed in my life? Where have I felt fulfilled? Where have I felt frustrated? What do I get excited about? You know, that's the H in, in shape, the heart. What excites you? You hear somebody talking about something, you hear somebody's doing something, and you want to get in on it. That's your heart, your passion. What have other people affirmed in my life? Other people often see traits in your life that you don't see. You know, what do other people say that you're good at? Often if you're shaped to do something, it comes easily to you. You think, oh, that's no big deal. Anybody can do that. Everybody can do that because it's so easy for you. But the truth is everybody can't do that. And so you need other people speaking into your life saying, look, that's a gift. You've got your shape to do that. And so you ask yourself questions that push you to examine and evaluate your life. You try to get a look at both the forest and the trees. And that's hard to do. Romans 12 says, try to have a sane estimate of your capabilities by the light of the faith that God has given to you. Try to have a sane estimate of your capabilities. You know, one thing to look for is what do you do differently than other people? You know, sometimes we do things differently than other people and we fail. Sometimes we do things differently than other people and we succeed. You know, when you're doing something differently than other people, maybe you've got a gift, maybe you're innovative, maybe you're creative, maybe you've got a fresh perspective on that. What are you doing different than somebody else? And that can be a good marker for how God has shaped you. And so during the evaluate and examine, you, you want to look at your life experiences. You want to look back over time and say, where was I successful? Where was I not? Where was I fulfilled? Where was I frustrated? Galatians 3, 4, did all your experiences mean nothing at all? Surely it meant something. So go back and review what's happened in your life. You know, the, the lessons for the future are found in the past. Every failure has seeds of success if you're willing to learn from it. Talked about that last week. Failure can be a good indicator of what you're shaped not to do and what you're shaped to do. Read this story this week. There was a guy who worked for years in a sawmill. Uh, he was 40 years old. He had no other skills, no other training, no other job. He's married, had a wife and kids, and mortgage. One day, a supervisor came in and said, you know, uh, we've had a downturn. We've got to lay somebody off. You're it. We're letting you go. You're not cutting it. No severance, no retirement, no nothing. You're just out of here. Guy felt like his whole world had caved in on him. He went home. His wife said, well, what are you going to do now? He said, I'm going to do what I've always wanted to do. I'm going to build something. 
and he mortgaged their house, and he built two small motels. And in five years, he was a multimillionaire. That was Wallace Johnson. He founded Holiday Inn. He says, if I could locate the foreman that fired me, I would give him a big kiss. He says, at that time, I didn't understand why I got fired. It was only later that I could look back and see that was part of God's plan to get me fired in order to move me into what I was really shaped to do. You know, maybe the layoff you've experienced was the best thing that ever happened to you. Your failure may be God guiding you to your shape. So I must examine and evaluate. Second step is experiment and trust, or uh, test. Uh, you actually go out and try something. You, you, you get out and just try stuff. You, know, you can't always just talk about your dream job. At some point, you've got to do something about it. You know, people talk about their dream jobs. You know, someday aisle, someday aisle, someday aisle. People live on someday aisle. Where, where is that, in the Pacific or something? One of these days. One of these days is none of these days if you don't do it. You know, you have talents you don't even know that you've got because you've never used them. The talent's not going to show up until you experiment and test it. And life can be like a pinball machine. You bounce here, you bounce there, you bounce here. God's will for your life is rarely a straight line. You've got to experiment and try things. Ecclesiastes 5, 7, dreaming all the time instead of working is foolishness. And there is ruin in a flood of empty words. You've got this dream job you're always talking about, but you never do anything about it. Dreaming without working is foolishness. There is ruin and a flood of empty words. Paul wrote to young Timothy, he says, put these abilities, put your shape to work. Don't just talk about them. Throw yourself into your tasks so that everyone may notice your improvement in progress. In other words, you don't do it great the first time you do it. It's a little rough. But you throw yourself into it. You work with enthusiasm. And then people see your improvement and your progress. If you're mopping floors, you mop floors the best you can. So people will notice your improvement. You do the best at whatever you are doing at the moment. It it can take a lifetime to discover your life work. God told Joseph at a very early age that he was going to be a great leader. God shaped Joseph to be a great leader. And one day, Joseph saved the nation of Egypt. He saved the nation of Israel. He saved the whole Middle East from famine. But it took years for God to get Joseph ready for his ultimate life work. Years in slavery, years in prison, years in obscurity. And all that time, God was working on Joseph. While you're working on your dream, God is working on you. But it can take time. It can take a lifetime. You know, more important than what you do is what you become in the meantime. And God's path to your life work, is, it's rarely a straight line. It doesn't go A, B, C, D. It goes A, Z, D, Q, M. It's all over the place. God bless the broken road. Why? Because God's working on you every step of the way. Ecclesiastes 9.10, whatever work you do, do your best. You know, you may work at Taco Bell. You may be a brain surgeon. You may be a brain surgeon working at Taco Bell. But whatever you do, do your best. Number three, you step out in faith. You know, you may have been in the wrong job for 10 years and you're afraid to step out into something new. 
It's what you know, you're safe, you're secure, you're making money at it, but you're in the wrong job. You're frustrated, you're uh, unfulfilled, you're fatigued, you need to do something different. But to do something different will require you to take a leap of faith. That's where you need to depend on God. Ecclesiastes 11.4, if you wait for perfect conditions, you'll never get anything done. You know, there's no guarantee that you're going to succeed at everything. In fact, there's no guarantee you will succeed in anything. Failure is part of the shape process. Painful experiences are part of your shape. But look what God says in Proverbs 16.3. He says, commit your work to the Lord and then your plans will succeed. Commit your work to the Lord. Have you committed your work to the Lord? Have you said, God, I, w- I want to be what you want me to be. God, I want to do what you have shaped me to do. Not what I think I ought to do, not, will, not what will make me a lot of money. I want to do what you've made me to do. Now, I've cautioned you about this before in this series. Jobs are like grapevines. You don't let go of one until you have a firm grasp on the other one. Okay? Otherwise, you're in trouble. So do not, please, do not go out Monday and quit your job. Don't walk in and say, I'm unfulfilled, I'm frustrated, I'm a failure. Pastor Kelly said I should quit. (laughs) Don't do that. Don't quit one job until you've got a firm grasp on the other one. But let me give you these steps. These are the steps that you can start on Monday morning. Number one, examine and evaluate your shape. Write this name down, Eric Reese, E-R-I-C-R-E-E-S. Eric Reese has written the book on shape. If you look him up on Amazon or wherever you buy your books, Eric Reese Shape, you'll find his book. Every believer needs to read this book. And if you hate your job, you really need to read this book because it will help you discover your shape. Number two, you need to experiment and test. And a great way to experiment and test your shape is to volunteer. There are organizations and ministries out there that will let you do stuff for them for free. They will let you do stuff that you're not even good at. They'll let you do stuff you don't even know how to do. So you can learn how to do it, find out if you're good at it, and then eventually get paid for it. But experiment and test. And then third, you need to step out in faith. Don't stop dreaming, but don't just dream. Don't stop talking about the dream, but don't just talk about the dream. Commit your work to the Lord. Let's pray together. Father, I know there are people here today who've never accepted themselves. They've never accepted the way you shape them, emotionally, physically, spiritually, intellectually, whatever. And because they've rejected themselves, it's caused them not to trust you. So, Lord, I pray that you would just speak into their life right now. Help them to realize that you intentionally make us the way we are, even with things that we would call flaws, because those create our unique shape. God, you want each one of us to be an original because you value us so much. So help us to trust you in our shape. And now I invite you just to pray. Would you say, Jesus, I want to commit my work completely to you. My work, my job, my career, my vocation. Lord, I commit my life mission and my life message completely to you. I want to do what you made me to do. I want to say what you made me to say. Lord, help me to discover, develop, and display my shape for your glory. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.